Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm your host, Technician, and welcome to the Bright Side with Technician. Today is January 26, 2017. Can you believe it? Close to the weekend, but what are you doing and plans for that weekend? Are you still making your action plan? I hope so, because we are what? We are millionaire minded. That's right. Don't forget Affirmation Nation, Monday through Friday, 725 a.m. Eastern, and Saturday and Sundays at 855 a.m. Eastern time. Always keep your mind focused. Stay on top of your head, gang, right? But I have the honor and pleasure to be here with a well-known man who is a master in business, coaching, speaker, and professional musician. This is not his first time rodeo of writing a book. This is recently his second time of writing one. It is called A Life Best Lived, A Story of Life, Death, and Second Chances, where we are responsible for having our own chance to make that second chance, third chance, fourth chance, however many chances. You want to keep going. Trillions of chances. Executive worldwide on the foundation elements of success. But we are going to be more focused on talking about his book. We'll give information if you feel that you are struggling in that entrepreneurship part of your life. We'll make sure that you definitely get that information at the end of the show. But we want to go ahead and, and, and welcome Danny Creed to the show. Danny, thank you so much for taking out your time to be here. I know that your schedule is so busy, so I really appreciate this. No, thank you so much, Technician. I'm, I'm just so happy to happy to be on your show. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. You know, it's always an honor to have people such as yourself to just reach out to someone like me because you have a lot up under your belt, especially on your LinkedIn. All of a sudden, I was like, whoa. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I feel like I have not been I have not been working hard enough. I need to step up my game. And this, I love a challenge. <laughs> I, said, I need to be doing more stuff. I need more stuff up under my belt. I mean, this man got a whole list. You have to check out his LinkedIn, people. You can find him at Danny Creed. Just like the movie Creed, I love it. Because when you Google Creed, you see him, and then you see the movie Creed. I'm like, he got the coolest name ever. <laughs> I got a lot of free marketing out of that. <laughs> I bet. But you know what? Your title of your book is a mouthful. Can you tell us a little bit about your book? Because I know it's more than just a business book here. Well, thank you again, Tanisha, for having me on your show. I'm, I'm just so happy to be here. Uh the book is, again, a life best lived, a story of life, death, and second chances. And the real short version of where this all started is uh, uh, I was going to make a speech in uh, Vancouver, Canada, uh, in September of a year ago. And uh, I was on my way to the airport, started feeling rough, went in, uh, told my wife, I said, let's just go in the hospital because I don't feel very good. I uh, got to the hospital, uh, long story short, and they said, well, you have, uh, the good news is that you're here. The bad news is you have 48 hours to live, give or take. And 
uh, it was the give or take I was concerned with. And uh, I, I had a, ended up having a three uh, quadruple bypass, uh, a triple bypass, I guess, uh, that within an act a few hours. Now, the week before I'd been working, I'd been with my mother in the state of Kansas who had had a stroke and she was not doing very well. And so I, I came back mm-hmm. out and decided that I'd go back to visit her within a couple of weeks. And as soon as I got the Canadian trip over with, and anyway, I had the, I had the bypass surgery and uh, five minutes after I came out of surgery, my mother passed. Uh, it was like she was oh. with me for this for this process, and, right. and and I don't know what your listeners might believe, but I believe my mother uh, visited me three times during this process, and 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 I twice can, I can believe it. Yeah, the first time it was right before the surgery started, and she appeared to me, and just basically she laughed all the time. She was a country girl, and she laughed all the time, and she just said, "Danny, look, don't worry about it. You're going to be fine." And uh, so the second time, I, I was in a, a real dark place. I was still coming out of surgery, and I was basically, you know, when they put you in that kind of anesthetic, you're basically you're basically dead. I don't know how best. I mean, you're gone, you know, and because and, and, it's, it's a kind of anesthetic that is like uh, just you don't have any memories. And, and, and I started waking up, and I was in this very dark place. It was uh, a black void, and, and I was on this podium, and uh, it was very dark, and, and, I, and there was this plate glass window in front of me, stained glass like in a church, and it had a hole in it like, I had come through it, and I'm sitting there going, where am I, and what's going on? And I heard my mother's voice come to me and say, look, you don't need to be here. Let's get out of here now. And I remember backing up and running, and I jumped through this hole, and that's when I woke up. And I woke up, and I'm, I was fighting, man. I was, I was coming back fighting, and, and the, the nurses said that uh, once I calmed down, I was laughing out loud. And, and they said that usually doesn't happen after, after this kind of after this kind of you know, and so I, they said, why would you be laughing? I go, I guess because mom told me I'd be okay. I don't know, you know, but I survived that. They went out to the, out to the, to the waiting room to tell my wife and family that I had survived. And literally five minutes later, uh, we called my sister who was with my mother back in Kansas and, and she had passed. It was like she had been with me that time. Well, now fast hey, forward. I can- well, I could really believe that her spirit, she was not going to rest well until she knew her son okay. And when it was her time, God told her, hey, now it's your time to leave. I'm going to take care of your baby, but now it's time for you to go on here. So she, yes, she's well she's well rested. That's what it was. And and I could, I could just go through the whole scenario because in Chapter 9 you explained about being Mr. Happy, and it probably was so weird of them just for you to laugh. But I could see it spiritually. <laughs> Hey, God, God yes. took me out of something. To me, it sounded like you had an out-of-body experience. You had your encounter yes. with talking with God at that moment, and he probably said, no, yes. son, I'm not ready for you yet, Danny. We got some more yeah. We got some more for you to accomplish, <laughs> and now you're accomplishing and you're sharing with us. So thank you. Praises <laughs> to all. Um, if you want to call him Lord, God, Yahweh, 
Um, for some who want to call him that, thank you for letting Danny be here today. So, amen for that, Danny. Um, well, that's all right. That's what I will say, too. Amen to that. Because <laughs> I'm pretty happy right. about the outcome, you know. <laughs> so, if we uh, fast no, forward through that, go, I, go ahead, Danny. I was, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, yeah. Uh, I was the next morning. Uh, I'm laying in recovery, and my physician, which is uh, one of the top cardiothoracic surgeons in the Southwest, came in, and he had he had reviewed a little bit what I did for a living, and and he had checked some things out, and he came in and, and technician he looked at me and he said, look, I, I don't usually do this, but I I want to challenge you, and uh, and I said okay, and and he goes, look, many times when I give somebody a second chance. I saved them from death. I, I fixed their heart. He goes, many times, most of the time, people don't honor that. What they do is they go out and say, well, I'm fixed up now. Now I can go out and smoke and drink and and not exercise and do all the stuff, eat cheeseburgers right. and do all the stuff that I shouldn't do because I've got a new heart. He goes, I want to challenge you. What are you going to do to honor your second chance? And I was really probably the right guy to ask that, but the, but I just went nuts. Then you know I'm, I couldn't do anything for seven days in the hospital, so I I should have taken stock in sticky notes because I had I had sticky notes all over the room, thinking about what can I do, what should I do? Is it big? Is the big answer right. here? Just like in religion, you know, people are always looking for the big answer when when many times mm-hmm. the real answer is right there in just a small prayer, you know. And right. um, so I started thinking about this a lot, and and I'm making notes and looking for the answers. How would I change? What could I do? So I, I came home, and I had a lot of issues with the anesthesia uh, in that it's with some people, like myself, it causes uh, some issues of how it affects your brain and, you know, and as it wears off. And for me uh, – I had what I called the what if demons. Uh, these were, these were every time I'd close my eyes, I would hear these voices saying, you know, what if you would have had got to the hospital? What if you would have went in and got on that plane? You would have died anyway. You know, it's just this what if stuff. And it just was terrible. I mean, it was just, it was me against them every night and I wasn't sleeping. And so I, I lay there one night is about two weeks in, hadn't slept in about a week. Uh, I'm laying there in my recliner chair because I couldn't lay flat because my chest hurt so bad. And I, and I said, you know, what have I not done? I've meditated. I've read positive books. I've done all these things. What have I not done? And uh, probably no surprise to you, Technicia, I, well, one thing I hadn't done is I had forgot all about just saying a prayer about it. And uh, right. so I just said this really simple prayer. I said, Lord, you know, I just want to go to sleep. So give me some kind of sign to help me go to sleep. I'll do about anything at this point. Amen. And uh, and I fell asleep. And just as the demons were coming, I got this sign appeared to me on yellow paper. Why yellow paper? I have no idea. But it was my mother's fingers. I knew she had long, skinny fingers, and she always wore a ruby ring. And it was these fingers wrapped around this sign. And I heard her voice say, read this, read this now. And here's what it said, and it changed my life again. It said, life is best lived than feared. 
And I went, wow. wow. Life is best lived and feared. And I have the sign, by the way. I, I got it. I have it up here on my wall in my office that I said, life is best lived and feared. And I went right, I went right to sleep. Oh, well. That is. That's a powerful Believe me. Life is best I got so excited. Life is best lived and feared. Wow. Yes, ma'am. And I and I and I got so excited. I jumped up. I woke up. I jumped up and I went in and wrote it down as quick as I could in my bathroom, and so I wouldn't forget it. And I sat in my chair, and I laughed out loud. Woke my wife up, laughed out loud, and then I, you know, I I just sat there and cried like a baby. All this release of emotion, and then I went to sleep. And I slept like a baby. And I woke up the next morning, and of course the the uh, questioning. My questioning mind, my my logical mind kicked in. So I said, well, I've surely heard that somewhere. So, Technisha, I went online. I, I looked it up uh, on Google. couldn't find it. Uh, I read every I, – I scanned every positive book I'd read in the last 10 days. Couldn't find it. So I truly believe this was a message. You know, this was a message from mom and God and everybody else saying, look, Life is best lived, that you have to live your life, because we don't know how long we have. But life is best lived every minute, every second, every day, than being afraid of life. And how many people go through life afraid? How many people stay in relationships that aren't good, because, but they stay in it because they're afraid of what their friends might say or their relatives might say or, you know? Right. They don't ask for a raise at work because they're afraid they might hear no. They're afraid of rejection, mm-hmm. They're, you know, those kind of things. So then the more yeah. I thought but, about it, I said, you know, this isn't just for me. This mm-hmm. statement is for every person out there. This statement is for every business person I've ever worked with around the globe. How many people have not achieved what they're capable of achieving because of some small fear? Or large fear. But usually it's small fears. You know, everybody, we all have little fears of some sort that have kept us from doing something bigger. And I thought, wow, yeah, this, you know, we the have, coaching gods are talking to me now. You know, does that make right, sense? Right, right. And that, it does make sense. But fear is what actually is supposed to really motivate you. That's what you're supposed to do. You work off of your fear. But fear it plays. That's how. That's how this words play off on our fear. It's just the same. If they tell you on the, they tell you right now on one of the commercials. Oh, the store is going out of business. It's going out of business. You're gonna go and rest. Yeah. Just like when we had that 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 scare tactic this these past few weeks. Oh, it's a snowstorm. It's a snowstorm. You're gonna be snowed in. Yeah. Child, everybody went to the store and bought a bread, milk, and butter. Bread, milk, and eggs, and I don't know what you're going to do with no bread, milk, and eggs, because if your power goes off, all that stuff going to go sour. I said, you guys, if it was to happen, you guys are buying the wrong items, first of all, so you're still going to be starving in the house. But fear plays a major part. The news plays a part also in your fear. Every, it, it's an emotional state that we do, and and that's how that's how the um, big guys, they win, all playing off our fear, but you know, just going more into your chapter of how just um, knowing that phrase and then you got into radio and stuff because you was in a dark place. But once you found that becoming your mantra of living life with fear, yes. then all the demons start dying. You mentioned that your mom, she started kicking butt. 
Maul was there spiritually. Hey, you gonna back on up? There is no possible way you're yeah. touching Danny. So Mama is still alive. Right. Mama got her hands on this one. Yeah, she got her hands because yeah. um, I mean, you just really have to listen. You really just have to go deep into the book because this is more of so a spiritual battle. Because my mom went through a spiritual battle too, and I, I'm kind of pointing that out a little bit from your book, reading on into the challenges that you had to encounter um single day and all these demons, that's nothing but like a spiritual battle. Yeah. Well, you know, and the interesting thing was that that the more I got into it, you know, those all those sticky notes I had all over the place, all of that kind of crystallized mm-hmm. and become very clear for me. Because I was looking for, like everybody, the big answer. You know, the big answer of, uh, you know, that there has to be something earth-shattering. And what I learned out of this whole process that I think your listeners can benefit from here is changing your life. First of all, that everybody gets a second chance, as you said in the beginning. I realize this now. Everybody gets one. Everybody deserves one. And everybody gets one. But what most people do is sit around and wait for somebody to give it to them. Versus understanding you have the power. You have the power to go out and give yourself a second and a third chance if you should decide to do that. You can give it to yourself, and everybody has that. So as I started looking at all these things, I said, you know, it's not the bigger shattering things. It's the little things that we already know we need to do that, uh, that, that if we if we master them and if we make them a discipline in our lives that we can change our life today. We can start changing our life today, giving ourselves that second chance today. And, and I came up with, uh, with 11, what I call the 11 decisions that, that yeah. I, that I made that were all very, very simple when you talk about, but very hard to discipline yourself to do every day. Danny, if you don't mind um, speaking a little bit about those 11 commitments to create a life that's lived, uh, just a little yes. quick brief for us. Okay. Uh, the yes. first one, of course, of, of the 11 is life is best lived than feared. And that just means every day I'm going to honor the second chance that I have. And, and I'm also going to tell myself, and from an individual, and I'll give you an example. In my business coaching practice, I work with not – I'm a little different kind of business coach in that I work with, with my clients to help them improve their business, but we improve that through how we think. We improve that how, the how we improve ourselves. And through a process of, of improving ourselves, our businesses usually improve as well. And vice versa. As the business improves, the quality of life usually improves if we look at it like that. So I had a client that I, well, all my clients this last year and our year-end planning sessions that we had, I, I simply, this I used to be very clinical and have all these questions. This last year, I just went in and said, look, here's, we have one question. What are the fears, what are the little fears that kept us from moving to the next level? And then I just shut up and looked at them. <laughs> but one one client in particular said, uh, he got very emotional. He goes, you know what? I have a fear that he has a very fast growth company. Uh, it had grown to about a million dollars. He goes, I have a fear that I, I'm just not qualified. I'm not smart enough. Didn't go to college. I'm just not qualified to run a business 
bigger than a million bucks. And I said, great. So we're going to tackle that. And we helped work. We worked with him. We worked together on building his confidence, on building his knowledge. And the bottom line technician is mm-hmm. he went from actually about 600000 in business last year to we finished 2016 at a little over $4 million. <laughs> That's pretty big growth. And, and wow. I will tell you that I, the, I, the biggest – I can believe it. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, the biggest piece of that was him changing how he thought and, and making some little disciplines come true in his life. So the first thing in getting rid of the fear, I, identifying and admitting fear. So I won't go through all the 11, but some of the ones that really jump out is uh, number uh, numbers eight, which is I make it a habit to find and express gratitude and gratefulness for everyone and everything around me. Now, if you think about that a minute, it just says how many of us woke up this morning, sat on the side of the bed, and went, thank you. I got another day here. This is pretty neat. How many people go out every day with the sole purpose in their day as part of their day to find somebody doing something that you can be grateful for? And I get the, the examples are all over the place. When you, if you go out for lunch today and you sat down, how many of us will make it a point to thank the waitress that comes by and say, thank you, you've done a good job today? You know, uh, Walmart is one of the massive business success stories in America, and Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart, made it a point to train his management staff. He used to wear a hat that said MBWA, and that stood for Managing by Wandering Around. And he made his managers walk around and do the opposite of what most big company managers do. He made them walk around and look for employees doing something well, doing something correct, versus walking around looking for somebody to make a mistake, right? And so that's what that means. How many of us, I try every day to go find one or two or three or four things that everything I do in my business life and personal to be thankful for. That'll change your life today if you do that. It sure will. It, it makes a big number difference. Number nine I'm is... waitress myself. Oh, <laughs> great. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm a waitress, <laughs> and, we, and, and we talk about, we have spoken to our managers about that. You know, sometimes we don't always want to hear the negative. Oh, well, this guest said yeah. this. We want to hear the positive. We, we want to hear that we're doing a well, good job, because one thing about our job, you can't please everybody, especially in customer service. You can't please everybody. Somebody's going to have a cranky attitude no matter what, and you are so right. It makes the day go so well. I love when my guests be like, you were the best. I didn't get any service like this anywhere else. It makes a big difference. It makes you want to just, okay, I need to press harder now. You you really enjoy it. So you're right. It, it makes a whole heap of difference when you can make somebody smile instead of saying, oh, okay, well, it gets said this, so, you know, our school is going down. Like, bro, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> now you discourage me. I don't even want to work. Well, I, I can, I believe by changing, I can change somebody's life by saying, you know, I really appreciate your work. And in turn, I get so much out of it now. I mean, it's it's gotten to be something mm-hmm. I have to do every day. Yeah, And, you know, the, number nine of my list of 11 commitments. Number nine is I will forgive others, and most importantly, I'll forgive myself. Uh, right. That's I, I can't, I can't tell you, when you really sat down and looked at that, 
I was holding in stuff I had no idea of. And they were little bitty things that set, that were great big things, you know, after a point. Mm-hmm. And they were, when I looked at them, they were still little bitty things. You know, it's like holding right. in grudges. I tell a story. I'm I'm from the country. I was raised on a farm, and, and I had a old mentor that and I share the story in the book who talks about going fishing one day, and he catches some fish, and either he and his buddies are talking, he just leaves the fish on the shore, and he goes, oh, my gosh, the fish are starting to stink a little bit. We better wrap them up and freeze them as soon as we can. So he wraps them up and freezes them, puts them in the freezer, and about eight months later he says, I want some fish, and I got some in there. And he goes, he goes, we unrolled it, let it, let it fall out, and guess what? It still stinks. The analogy, of course, is that if you hold a grudge long enough, is a grudge stinks now, and it's going to stink eight months from now. It's going to just get worse and worse. So we've got to forgive people. We've got to forgive ourselves. I'm glad, you brought, I'm glad you brought that up, Danny. It's hard for people to do that sometimes. You'd be so upset. You don't be understand. I don't want to forgive you, but it's not about it's not about them. It's about you. It's about right. helping yourself, right. releasing that burden. You taking that burden yes, off ma'am. of you. Don't worry about them. So that's what you're doing. And I know a lot of people get tired of hearing that. Well, I got to forgive them, baby. Don't think about them. It's all about you. So I'm glad you brought that up. I have mentioned that plenty of times on my show. Yeah. Well, it's very important, you know. Just one other, if I may, you know, I, I talk a lot about, when I talk about this, I've created a seminar that I now do, and I, and I, I do the Life Best Live seminar. I, I, it's gotten a lot, it got a lot of interest within uh, uh, veteran groups, uh, within uh, church groups, of course. Uh, really, it appeals to about anybody because this isn't just about business. It applies to business, but it, it's how to make, how, you know, with the time we have left, how are we going to live the best life possible? So, you know, so part of what I, the one thing that comes up a lot is number four, and then it says, it's my life and I take responsibility for my past and my future. There's not going to be any more excuses, no more complaints, no more blame. What we find is a lot of people are not successful as they could potentially be because it's more comfortable to blame someone or something. We have a lot of that going on right now. Well, my business isn't as successful because, you know, we have a new president or the taxes are too high or the weather's been bad. Mm -hmm. You know what? That's, those are just excuses. You know, if we just yeah. admit you what, mentioned that when I turned book. 18, when I turned 18, I got the keys to the car. It's all my responsibility. You know, if we as a, it, it if we as a nation, if we as a nation would quit complaining and, and pointing fingers and blaming people and just say, look, <laughs> no. what are we going to do to fix this? Right again, Danny. Say it again, that's right. Quit trying to blame the chick. Quit trying to blame the middleman all the time. You know what? And and, and not even trying to going go, go into race or nothing. Quit always trying to blame the white man for every little thing. Everything ain't about the white yes, man or the other person. It's all about your it's all about your behind. You need to get yourself that's right. What are you doing? Are you even making the effort to try to get a business together? Oh, I ain't doing this. I can hear it now. I ain't doing this. This 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 way cause this way. 
well, what are you doing? What did you do? I, well, I ain't do nothing. Oh, exactly. That's why I never get accomplished. And you mentioned that in your book, too. It's all about clarity. Clarity comes yes. with the success. You have to have a clarity on things. You've got to have a vision, an action plan, which we always talk about, affirmation nation. I mean, you can have a dream. Yes, nothing wrong with dreaming. But how you act off that dream. We could dream all day. I could do that all day. But what's the action that you're doing? You can have a vision. Oh, I want this is my vision. I want a big old house. Okay, that's wonderful. That's wonderful, Sally. You got you want a big old house. Okay, so what are you doing? Um, nothing. Oh, okay. So okay, so you don't want the big old house because you're not doing nothing. All right, so the big old house is going to be part of your dream, and that's what a lot of people do. They sit around and they dream. Just um, and we do that every time too, Danny, on the Affirmation Nation. He he explained that to us, you know. You can have a vision. It's okay. That's supposed, that's supposed to be part of your vision board. But you also have to have action, too. Just the same way God said he helped those who help themselves. You're not going to help yourself. Then what what you want me to do? You think, you think a job will come to you and say, here, here go a job. There you go. No. Mm-mm. I like to see that happen. It's just in the movies, <laughs> but it's not in no reality. <laughs> well, Technician, I, I share a story in the book, and you probably remember this, is, you know, that you've looked at it. My my brother-in-law is a, uh, uh, a, a, a has a Ph.D., but he's a minister, he's a Baptist minister, and he mm-hmm. tells his story a lot that I shared in the book, exactly what you're talking about here. The real short version is a man prays every day to win the lottery, and he prays, and he's on his knees praying, oh, Lord, to help me win the lottery. And he does this for years mm-hmm. on end, and finally opens up the paper one morning while he's having coffee, and he sees a big headline that, some guy, you know, some guy living out of a, you know, uh, out of a, a trailer house in the backwoods won all that money. And he's just frustrated. He's just upset. He goes outside and he goes, Lord, why have you forsaken me? I prayed to you every day about winning the lottery. How could you for not help give me the lottery? And a lightning bolt comes out of the sky and hits him right on the head, man. Knocks him on the ground. He's smoke. His hair's all singed, and there's clods dropping out of the sky. You know, he's just a hole in the ground, and he's laying there, and he's all smudged up. And he gets up on one elbow and looks into the heavens, and the voice of God says, "Pal, you got to go buy a lottery ticket first. You know, the, the point <laughs> is, you can't win the lottery unless you win. Unless you take action and buy a ticket. You know, you've got to buy a ticket." You know, it's, and, it's, and it's the same thing with life. You know, it's, I, I'm telling you, you have to take action, which is I have this rule, and I talked about this in this book, and, I, th- and I, think, uh, I think your listeners would appreciate this. It's a real simple rule. Forget about whining and complaining and everything else. Here's the rule of how to take action. Okay, it's four steps. Step one, what happened? Be really honest, what happened? What are we dealing with here? Right. There's never there's okay. never a problem. But what happened? Be honest with what happened. The second step is why did it happen? So we're going to analyze what happened. We're not going to blame anybody. We're not going to form a committee to find out who's at blame. We're not going to point fingers. But why did it happen? The third thing is how will it never happen again? What's the solution? So what happened? Clarity. Why did it happen? analysis, how will it never happen again, creating a solution, and then the fourth item there is saying, see you later, I'm not going to worry about this anymore, because I'm not going to make the mistake again. 
you know, it's all about instead of whining and blaming, it's all about understand what happened, taking action, and then moving forward again. It, it's all of mm-hmm. and you can do this in our everyday life. But you know what? It's too easy to blame and point fingers. And I'm telling you, in the end, no, but those people are just not happy. So, it, so where I go with this, and I don't want to be so, you know, pushy on no, the, this kind of thing much of the time. But you know what? My deal is get the clarity on the very simplest level. You know, the first thing is is uh, life is best lived in fear. Okay, so if you You've got to get clarity on, am I happy with my fears? Am I happy with now? Or am I not happy with now? And if I'm not happy with now, I can change that. I can give myself a second chance to get better, to grow, to make more money, become a better person, to help more people. But my deal is this. If you get the clarity that you're okay, you're just okay with not having some of these things, if you're okay with that, great. Be very, very clear that you're okay with that, and then shut up. Right. I'm right. sick and tired of listening you complain. Right. Because when you start you complaining, you're just, that's right, you're taking somebody else down with you. You're not doing anything about it. Stay away from me. I don't even want to breathe the same air you breathe. You know? Right. You're not, they're not going to take me down with them, Danny, because I'm going to walk the other way because I don't want to hear it. I don't. I'm more Amen. If you, there you go. Especially if I have told you the solution, what to do, and you still fail to do that solution, I'm gonna walk the. I'm definitely gonna walk the other way. You on y'all? I'm not gonna keep listening. I'm be like, okay, that's your business. All right, nice talking to you. Bye. Okay. Mm-hmm. And technician, you need to teach that to everybody you know, and I'm sure you are. But the fact is, so many right. people can't say. So many people allow themselves to get sucked into other people's fears. They allow themselves to get. You know, there's something out there called the law of attraction. And the law of attraction says that we will attract to us whatever, however it is that, that we think. And the great, fabulous exactly. book, it's, it's uh, Think and Grow Rich, one of the greatest books ever written about business and personal uh, development. That is, that is my book, Think and Grow Child, it's in my, that's, I have to pull it out. It's in my purse right now, Danny. It's in my purse. Really? It's in my purse. Well, and yes, some of this, purse. you know, some of this book is is pretty dry. But you know what? I've read it probably thirty times, and and I've had people. It's written in 1928 by a man named Napoleon Hill, and the real yeah. short version of how this book came about was he was hired by one of the richest men in the world, Andrew Carnegie. He was hired hired by Carnegie to go out and say, look. You're a young reporter. I'm going to pay you to go to all my friends all over the all over the United States. I want you to interview them, and I want you to see if there's any similarities to what makes them successful. Now, keep in mind, his friends were Thomas Edison, Henry Ford, you know, pretty famous people. But keep in mind, back then, back in the day, there was no telephones, cell phones, internet. It was all by train or horse. Mm-hmm. So. Hill went out and interviewed all these people, and he found one common thing that they all shared. And it was, it, and he turned it into the title of the book. I've had people go, what's the, you know, I, I'd say, tell me what this book's about. And they go, well, I don't know. I haven't read it yet. I go, look, read the title. <laughs> what it's about is, and what Napoleon Hill found that the similarity traits were, 
is that you are what you think about most of the time. So if you mm-hmm, think about mm-hmm. that the world is terrible and it's going to come to an end and, you know, and our taxes are bad and, and oh, always me, guess what? You're going to have a, a, a depressed life. You're going to attract I'm other people that you. think the same way. Yes. You know? Yeah, you are so you right can about say, that. you know, I don't care what's going on. I'm going to make a change. I'm going to get better, and I'm going to attract people that are better. I'm going to attract people that think like I do. One of the hardest things about success, Technicia, is that sometimes you have to get rid of people you call friends because they're so negative. You right. have to surround yourself everybody with positive don't want that. Everybody's people. not going to pray. Exactly. Everybody's not going to the way that you want them to pray, and they're not going to support you the way you want them to support you. See, That's while right. they're supporting you, they're also stabbing you. While you're thinking they're supporting you, they're stabbing you in the back. So you you have to be mindful who you hanging around. As they always told me, you hang around. If you hang around nine broke people, trust believe me, you're going to be broke. But if you hang around nine <laughs> successful people, you will be successful. But it's all about a, a certain success to me. And that's why I said, oh, Lord, kind it. Um, Dan needs to be on our Affirmation Nation and get these testimonies because this is a great testimony, especially about the young man you're telling us about who went from this amount of money to that certain amount yeah, of money. Yeah. I mean, we talk about that, and I'm also starting on a book called Having It All, Achieving Your Life Goals and Dreams by John Astorap. I, I, I have to finish because someone told me it's not that many pages, so you need to be done within two weeks. So I will make sure of that, that I'm done in two weeks. But we talk about all this type of stuff. And, and the universal law, your mind your mind don't know what's going on. Your mind don't know if you complete that goal or not. Only you know that you complete that goal. But if you speak it, it, it will come to pass. Every new day yes. I get better in every way. My mind already sees my goals as already done. So help me, we speak about these affirmations every single time. And I'm telling you, Danny, you're right on point with it. <laughs> and 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 um, well, the guy you. who goes over with us, his name is his name is Hazik Ali, and he 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 has also spoken on Napoleon Hill. We um, oh man, I'm just I'm telling you everything that you're saying up front. He speaks on it, and it's just so motivating to find someone else who has this going on in their life, you know. And I I guess it comes back to one of your questions in your book where it asked um, what was it. Am I proactive with life or am I reactive? You know. There you go. Yeah, you know, and, and all I mean by that is do we sit around waiting for things to happen to us? Or do we say, look, I'm not I, mm-hmm. I'm gonna educate myself. I'm gonna be smart about stuff. I'm going to be uh, I'm gonna learn everything I can. I'm I'm going to right. I choose to have a positive right. attitude. So let me throw something at you that we've all heard and and maybe twist it a little bit. So we've all seen if we mm-hmm. pour a glass of water and we fill it halfway, we've all heard now the question of is this half full or right. half empty, right? Depending on how you answer that is be how you think in life. You're, if you say, well, it's half empty, you're you're living a reactive life. If you, if you say, well, it's half full, you're, you're living a proactive life. See, I say everybody's wrong. I believe that we have complete power over that glass, so it's neither half full or half empty. You know why? Because we can refill it. I've got a kitchen right here, and I'm going to refill the sucker if it gets too low. 
So it's not half full, it's not half empty. I know, I am convinced that no matter what is going on around me, I can refill that thing. And that's right. all a matter of being if it's all a matter of being very proactive on how we think. We can sit around and we all know people who sit around and wait for something bad to happen. Or wait for something good to happen. I have a lot of friends again in talking to my brother in law, the minister, again a smart guy, he's PhD. I've asked him, you know, I said, what's, what's your biggest issue in working with your, uh, your, the people that you work with at church? And he goes, you know, it's almost impossible to get people to pray clearly. So people are saying, Lord, I want to be rich. Well, what does rich mean? It means completely different to me what it does my family back on the farm. It, what, what does that mean? So in everything we do, we have to be absolutely clear, just like I'm clear that I'm happy the way things are. So I'm going to shut up and just enjoy myself. Or I'm not happy with the way things are. I'm very clear with that, and I know exactly what I want. So which brings me, if I may, just one more point. I don't know where we're at on time here, but I, it ties together here. Oh, no, you should that is, Okay. And, th- and that is, as we look at all this stuff, here's what's really important. What's really important is, is, is buying into the fact that we can give ourselves that second chance. So then we have to be very, very, very clear, and very few people have ever done this, and this is one of the first things I do as a, as a helping people grow personally and, and, and professionally, is I sit down and I ask one question. I, if I were looking across the table at you, technician, I'd say, technician, tell me this. I want, if you don't know right now, I want to get absolutely, perfectly, 100% crystal clear on how you define success for you. Most people's definition of success comes from what somebody else has told them it would be, a boss, a spouse, a family member. We're living, many people live their lives based on a definition of success that somebody else has given them. You know, and everybody's is different. You know, so we need to get absolutely clear on how we define success, and then that's where our goal is established. I've worked with a lot of people. I've worked with some of the greatest minds in the world on on the the psychology of goal setting. And I'm telling you, that's the biggest mistake people make is that they don't have a clear understanding of what they consider how how they define goals or how they can define success. Because some guy might, one guy may say, look, if I could have a job for 40 years and make 40 grand a year, I'm, that is highly successful for me. That's all I want. You know, in turn, somebody says, look, I, I want to be a multimillionaire. So that then dictates what level of, uh, uh, there's a great book out by an author named Grant Cardone. He wrote a book called The 10X Rule. And he basically says in 40 years of research, he's found that most businesses or business people or individuals who don't hit their goals and, and might, might fail, most of them have underestimated the amount of time, money, and effort it will take to, to achieve their goal. And I, I agree with that 100%. I've worked with over 400 uh, business turnarounds. Um, I've got over 8,000 hours as a coach, and believe me, I've seen about everything, and I would agree that the biggest reason people fail 
is that they don't have a clear definition of success and they don't they always underestimate the amount of time and effort it's going to take. Well, because even if your goals are minimum, that's still going to be a required amount of what it, what Mr. Cardone calls massive effort. You know, you've got you've got to put the work in. As you were saying earlier, I was smiling on this thing when you were saying you've got to work. Uh, that's exactly what has to happen. And we're in a society right. now that a lot of people think the world owes them something. Right. And I'm here to tell you, the world doesn't know do anybody anything. That's right. That goes for if, that's you, right. if you even doing your own business. You have to work for it. That's how people become successful, unless you unless you are already probably born to a king or queen, and then you still have to work to keep that up, but, you know, you have to work. Um, there's another great oh, book yeah. out that I plan on getting. It's called Why We Want You to Be Rich. A young lady spoke about it on our Affirmation Nation call. Um, it teaches you things that you probably weren't taught as a child, how to go about yeah. um, investing your money, because a lot of things my mother didn't teach me that I'm actually learning now, but also in, in speaking regarding to success, you know, Hazit gave us four regular secrets to success, and one was a millionaire focused on business that add value to the world, not money in your pocket. See, that's what a lot of people focus on. We focus on the money part. But what are we doing to add value to other people's lives? As, um, as I have learned, this world, America was built by entrepreneurs. It's not that the government don't want to help you. Government helps business people. This world was built by business people. That's what people fell to forget. They do. They forget. And the second thing, um, one, um, the second regular secret is there is a model that will help you reach success. You just have to find it. You have to find your own success, which model works best for you. And three, there's extreme power and preparation, such as Tony Robbins. It took him 18 hours to prepare before his interview, 18 hours. So it's all about preparation. Um, Sometimes it takes you three years to become good in what you do, but However long it takes, you will get there. You will. And number four, become an expert in your industry. People are focused on getting a little knowledge about a lot of things. You should be getting a lot of knowledge about specific things. The, the key to success is weathering the storm and coming out strong. Everybody's successful. They aim too low and hit it. Smack on. <laughs> that's 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 true. They aim too low and hit. I'll tell you, I was. Uh, Fortunate enough to uh, to know uh, the famous Zig Ziglar. He was an incredible guy. In fact, I have a picture of him here on my desk, and and I'm currently business partners with the famous Brian Tracy, who's the leading expert in history now with uh, book sales and and motivational books and uh, education. And Zig used to say, and I'll just paraphrase it. It's biblical, but but I base my life and all successful people I know have done something similar, Zig used to basically say, help enough people get what they want, and you'll get what you want. And, and basically what that, what that means is uh, uh, one of my old mentors used to say, look, if you're selling anything, whether you're a professional salesman or you're just selling an idea or asking for selling why somebody ought to give you a raise or anything else, that, that if you focus on the prospect or client as a commission check, you'll never do as well as you can. You've got to help them first, and then the reward 
is going to be you're going to be paid pretty well. But you're never going to be rewarded like that unless you have the mentality as my job is to help you be successful, and through that I will be more successful. And that's, that's just a good basis for living your life. You know, if you help people achieve their goals, you will then in turn, and I, and I can teach it, I preach it, I live it, you will then achieve your goals. But we get so greedy sometimes. We get so focused on, you know, I'm going to make money here. I'm going to get rich here. I'm going to, you know, people make the mistake. As a matter of fact, I'm working with a number of clients right now, uh, and I specialize in this, helping people uh, analyze, get clarity so they can achieve goals. And technician, one of the biggest mistakes people make when they set goals is that many of their goals are actually rewards. So if one of your goals is to own okay. a brand, brand new red Mercedes, well, that's cool, but that's not a goal. You can't buy that Mercedes unless you've achieved something to get the money to do it, right? Right. So when, exactly. I, work, when I work with people, the, one of the things we do a lot is, is identify, look, what's a goal and what's a reward? And I make people set up a whole separate sheet just for rewards. A reward could be a big house in the, you know, having a house in the mountains. It could be having a fancy car. It could be taking a dream vacation. You know, but many times we put those as goals, and that's not a goal. You know, the goal is I'm going to do this or this that will then generate help enough people, which will generate income, which will then allow me to reward myself with that car. But as you can figure out, it all comes back to clarity. You know, when you're setting goals, it can't be I want to be rich, I want to be famous. Well, specifically, what does that mean? You know, depending on what you call, you mentioned it earlier, whether you call it uh, God, whether you call it uh, these, the uh, universal mind, the law of attraction, uh, whatever, right. whatever you call the higher power out there, you know, they can never answer it as well as they could, as it could, if you, if you aren't clear. Again, if you're saying, Oh, the universe. Oh, God, make me rich. Well, what does that mean? So you have to be very specific, and that means actually sitting down and making the effort to think about it and actually analyze it and actually look at what am I achieving here? What, how am I helping somebody? What am I doing? You know. And again, all along the way, we come back to where we started. None of this will work if you're you know, if your job is, if you're going to make money by going out and selling something, none of it's working, going to work if you're afraid of talking to people, if you don't like people. None of it's going to work if you're afraid to interact. None of it's going to work if you have, uh, if you're afraid of rejection. So it's coming back to eliminating those fears. Live in your life. Believe me, Technicia, I was one of those lucky people, but I was at that point where I had to go, you know, when the doctor said, look, you've got 48 hours or less to live. I mean, that no. sobers you up mm -hmm. pretty quick. I mean, you sit right. there and go, whoa, what could I have done different? There go that demon. <laughs> there, look, what's that? there go that yeah. demon spirit that you mentioned in the book. There they go. They always bring that demon. And, 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 and then at that point, you go, wait a minute. I don't have a chance to do it again. <laughs> I may not have. Right, like, okay. So, 
Right. You know, they they play, they be so why, why are you worried about what I could have done different? You can't do anything about it unless you survive this. So that's why I was so committed. And people have to look at it that way. You know, Brian Tracy does a great question, and I'll throw this out to your listeners here. You know, okay. if, if, if this is just as an example, and it's kind of extreme, but, you know, if you went to the doctor for a checkup, the doctor comes back and says, you have exactly 300 days to live, exactly. You're going to die on, on December 20th at 3 o'clock. Technology now knows that we can pinpoint that, and this is yours. How would you, if you had that knowledge, how would you change your life today? What would you do different? Would you still be a whiner and a blamer and pointing fingers? Or would you go out and try to change the world in some way? And, and believe me, technician, you don't have to. It's not the big things that changes the world. What could change the world today is me telling my waitress, you did a great job. Because that might give her the confidence to go maybe apply for a different job, to go back to school, to whatever. It doesn't have to be the big things on how we make our mark in the world. It's the little things. So if you knew that you were going to leave this earth on a certain day and you had this amount of time to do to take care and get everything the way you want it, how would you change? Because as a fact, I don't have an exact date, but, you know, we all have to face that. That's why this whole concept, I believe, has caught on so much of second chances. We have the ability to give ourselves that second chance. We can make a difference on this earth by changing how we think, act, walk, talk, smile or not. See, a second chance is nothing more sometimes than making a conscious decision. Am I going to smile today or am I going to frown? Am I going to make an extra phone call? Am I going to be proactive about something going on or am I going to be reactive? Am I going to sit around and wait for the phone to ring? Am I going to hope I win the lottery or am I going to go buy a ticket? <laughs> you know, it's, it's all a question of, of what are we going to do different because we can. We don't have to wait for anybody. So uh, it's a pretty powerful concept, and it's so simple, but yet it's so hard to make a discipline in our lives. But I'm telling you, start with one of these 11 things. Just start with they're also very simple. You know, it's uh, number six. I will constantly seek wisdom and knowledge for my personal and per professional growth. I'll never stop learning. How many of us do you know haven't read a book this year? The average American will read two books this year. I'm I'm so, I'm, That's why I have to get back to that habit of reading. Feed, feed your mind. Feed your mind. Spend an hour amen. or two. Get up early in the morning. You know, these are rules. If you used to getting up at seven o'clock, get up at six o'clock. Do what you need to do to get done within an hour. You know, right. it's a, it's a slight little changes that we can make to make ourselves better every day. Every new day, I get better in every way. That's right. <laughs> That's absolutely right. And it's it's those little things. You know, it's those little things. Uh, the Harvard School of Psychology has proven that we can learn as long as we want to learn that it's usually not a physical infirmity that keeps us from learning. It's usually just ourselves just shutting it off. 
That's why I don't believe in mm-hmm. retirement. <laughs> I know a lot of people retire <laughs> and they just wilted away. You know, if you retire, get busier than when you were working. You know, do okay, something to yeah. grow and learn. Huh? Yes, I agree you know with I mean? that one. Yes. Do something. Do something. Learn. Grow. Read. I have a goal to read a book a week. And it could be a mystery or it could be business books or it could be, you know, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read. And I set aside, as a discipline, I set aside a minimum of 30 minutes every night to read. Before I go to bed, my wife goes to bed, I sit in my chair and I try to read at least 30 minutes. And I need I, to probably put it as my goal. There you go. And it's easy to do. You just have to do it. Get right, you just like you are, uh, like you said in your your book. Your book states that too. Deciding versus doing. You know, you could decide. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm gonna work out. I'm gonna work out. Yeah. Okay. All right. You still waiting <laughs> on you to work out? Yeah. I'm gonna work out. <laughs> Look, you still hear what I'm saying? I'm gonna work out. Still haven't done it yet. Big difference. All right. I guess I'll catch you next week. Right. I I have a coworker like that. I'm I'm gonna work out. Okay. All right. You you said it. Okay, what, what's going on? Well, I got this to do. Okay. All right. That's all, look, that's all I can say, Danny. All right. Okay. Because my wonder, like, you, you just said you were going to work out, but, I mean, you, you well, keep deciding. That's a good – But you're not doing that's it. That's a good the, – there you go. It's the difference between proactive and reactive. You know, it's deciding right. versus you, you doing. Say, right. And that's what's wrong with, our, that's what's wrong with a lot of Americans. We decide, but we, we're never doing. I mean, sometimes you just yeah. got to do. I mean, look at all the wars. They just – Look at look at all the wars that have happened. They just did. They didn't even really try to decide. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna decide on this. They just went on in and did it. Okay, we're gonna bomb you up the next day. All right, we got you. They just went on and did. You, I mean, don't don't go bomb nobody up. But y'all know what I mean. You have to you gotta yes. and then act on that thing. You can't just sit around and just say okay, I'm gonna keep doing it. Cause child ain't nothing gonna ever get done. <laughs> yeah. Your house ain't gonna never no, you're right. if you don't get up and what clean it. Right. <laughs> but, um, Danny, I, I really appreciate you for this. You know, if you're looking for Danny book, you can also go on Amazon. You can purchase it through Kindle. Um, it's like $9.99. I, I love Kindle because you can get it right on your um computer if you need it real quick in a hurry. But if you love the hard copy, which I do love my hard copy, you can also purchase it as well. Um, Danny, uh, for all our entrepreneurs and anybody else who wants to be successful out there through the mind and spiritually, can you give us your website? Absolutely. And by the way, my book is now available on audiobook. Uh, you can go on oh, awesome. Audible or you or you can go into uh, uh, Amazon and buy the audiobook version. And I believe there's a promotion going on oh, right yes. now where you can download it where you can download it free this week. It's okay. uh, I I vo- I voiced it. I went into recording studio and voiced it and it turned out really nice. So, yes, my uh, my uh, website is www Real World Business Coach, Real World, R-E-A-L-W-R-L-D, businesscoach.com. And my email address, if anybody wants to shoot me an email, is dcreed, C-R-E-E-D, dcreed at focalpointcoaching.com. That's F-O-C-A-L-P-O-I-N-T-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G.com. And for your listeners, if, they, if we have any business people or, or individuals out there, um, I always give a, uh, a free, uh, uh, no 
Phil's attached a, a, a free review, personal or business review conversation. So shoot me an email and we'll get you on the schedule. Um, and uh, all right. And so, yeah. And I appreciate I, I'd appreciate uh, you know any comments. Oh yes, should, most thank definitely. You so much. You have it. Uh, life best lived is for a life, death, and second chance by Danny Creed. And before we leave. I have to give you our truth of the day from my friend Mary Ellen. There is always enough time to accomplish your objective, taking care of yourself. In our society, we are rushed and rushed, trying to find time to do more. More of what? More for your family, friends, kids, or just a spare moment for yourself? You can find extra free time by reassessing your busy schedule. What has to be accomplished? Direct other people to do something that is on your schedule. What can simply be crossed off your list? Do not allow your overloaded series of days and nights to drain your energy. You can always find time to do what you genuinely love to do. By assessing your schedule, you will find many activities you think are important have little to do with your survival or your happiness. Today, regain control by retracting your agenda. Find time. Enjoy your day, everyone. And remember the mantra from Affirmation Nation. Either your mind has to expand to match your goals or your goals will shrink to definitely match your mind. I will make sure I catch you on the next episode of The Bright Style with Tanisha. Once again, Danny, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your knowledge with us. And I hope everyone get out there today and know that you actually do have a second chance. But don't 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 keep messing up, though. Don't don't keep messing up now. But you do have a second chance. It's been a real honor. <laughs> It's right, been a real honor. Thank oh, you. I made a mistake again. Well, thank you. And I'll talk to you next time, my listeners. God bless you as well. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 